Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church, advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. Once again, I'm Mikko Yokola, and I'll be reading the scripture this morning. I like to read from the Pew Bible, so if you want to take that out and follow along, we're on page 229. That will activate not only your auditory learning, but also your visual learning as you read it. You may know I'm a teacher. Seventh graders. And they listen a lot better than you do. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Page 229, we'll be reading James 17 to 27. Every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the creator of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In fulfillment of God's own purpose, God gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would become a kind of first fruits of God's creatures. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, For your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourselves of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness and welcome the meekness, the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any 
are hearers of the word and not doers. They are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and, on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Creator, is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. I'm grateful for the message today. Thank you. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is a day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is a day that the Lord hath made. Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, as I begin this morning, I want to remind you that if you have a, a prayer request, you're encouraged to write that on one of the prayer cards that are in your pew or to share it in the chat and then uh, to offer it to the ushers if you are here in the sanctuary during the hymn of response, the responsive hymn that comes after the message. And those can be shared as a community when we move into a time of community prayer after the hymn of response. It's great to be back with you. I really appreciated the time of renewal as well as the amazing preachers who shared messages while I was away. Reverend Debbie Weatherspoon, Kesa Fakava, MDiv, Dr. Randall Miller, and Reverend Angela Brown blessed me as I was worshiping along with you uh, as just one of the congregation in the last month. And I'm, I'm so grateful for them as well as all of our, our music leaders and our, our tech team who have carried on and offered rich and meaningful worship in this month of August. One of my big plans for renewal leave was to read and read and read. And I didn't get quite as much reading done as I thought I might. But I did get some reading done. I did enjoy several books. And I, I, I did notice something interesting about the books that are popular right now. Many seem to fall into two categories. Any guesses about what those might be? 
Yes, right, post-apocalyptic. So many, many popular books right now are these dystopian post-apocalyptic stories. There are, there are a lot of books that are offering uh, a very sobering and concerning vision of our future. They take the effects of climate change and social division and lawlessness and space exploration to the extreme and to devastating conclusions. They serve as cautionary tales for us. And it's not hard to see why some writers are processing what they see uh, today and their fear by drawing this line into the future. Now, the, the second category, any guesses on what that second category is? Well, the, the second category is this, this unlived life, the, you know, the, the path not taken, a, cho a different choice at a critical moment. Um, the main character, uh, through some plot device, the, the book that I read during Renewal Eve was called Midnight Library. Maybe some of you have read that one. This is, this is that kind of book where, where um, the, the main character is allowed to do, undo some regretted choices and go live, you know, if a different choice had been made, what would that have led to and, what, and live out that alternative path. And I noticed there's even a television series this fall um, called Ordinary Joe, where uh, a man who um, is, is at this critical moment, I think in high school or college, and then the, the show um, uh, shows three parallel lives if he had made different choices um, at that moment. Some, something's happening here. Something. <laughs> I think we all have had those moments where we go back and we think about, well, if I had just done this, and then we play out you know, the scenario we imagine, not, not realizing how many other you know, variables and choices would actually come about uh, from that one choice. And though it might seem that these, kind, these two kinds of stories, the dystopian stories and the parallel reality stories are distinct and unconnected, it seems to me they are connected. They are connected. Both of these kinds of stories stem from the existence and the impact of human choice, of human choice. And in theology, we call that God's good gift of free will. In God's immense power, God has shared with us the power to co-create the world we live in. Our choices matter, and they have impact. Another book I read, maybe my favorite, was called The Worst Hard Times. It's a chronicle of the Dirty Thirties, also known as the Dust Bowl, um, of Western Kansas and Oklahoma, the Texas Panhandle, and Eastern Colorado. And, um, and, and while there were certainly natural dimensions to that disaster, underneath the devastation uh, were human choices based on misunderstandings of the land and supremacies that devalued the wisdom of centuries of Native American inhabitants of the land. And though my family comes from eastern Kansas in Oklahoma, uh, they were close enough to the Dust Bowl um, that, that the Dust Bowl and its impacts were a present reality for them. So I was drawn to this history both for personal reasons 
and because it's also a story of how a broad group of people got through a devastating and unprecedented and seemingly uncontrollable time. It has interesting advice for what we are living through now in a lingering pandemic with fires raging in our state. One of the prevailing narratives about the Dust Bowl is that the people all left that region of the country. John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath immortalized the Oki who came west to California painting a picture of a deserted mid-continent wasteland that became devoid of population. But the truth is that about three-fourths of the people of that region did not leave. And those who did leave didn't travel far, but actually went to a neighboring state. Only an estimated 10% of the migrants to California in the 30s came from the Dust Bowl region. But one has to ask, was this truly an exercise of free will? Or was it a result of things being so desperate that folks couldn't even move? Why did three-fourths of the population stay? What does free will mean in this situation? Our scripture today from the book of James begins like this. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Coming down from God, the parent of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. God chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all God created. The first thing we need to hear in these lines is that God is the giver of good gifts and that every good gift we have is from God. Free will, the power to choose, is one of those good gifts. And second, what we need to hear is that God also possesses the power to choose. God chose to create us. God chose to give us free will. When you think about it, that's an awful lot hanging in the balance. God's choice to create us, God's choice to give us free will, our own choices that are the result of this good gift of free will. When we really think about the number of things we influence and impact with our choices, it can be overwhelming, devastating, even paralyzing. What if our choices do harm or our ignorance causes some chain of events to unfold or our selfishness or our weakness? I think the consciousness of all of that that we can influence is often too much for us to hold. And so we deny it, or we conveniently fail to acknowledge all that is within our choice. We say it's beyond our control, or we project our fears onto a grand narrative. Dystopian stories and narratives of parallel realities are ways to grapple with the magnitude of what power we as human beings truly do have. Now, I don't mean to suggest that within history or within our current reality, we all have equal choices or equal power 
within structural systems that are influenced by race and gender and sexual orientation and poverty and access and a whole host of other factors that impact the options available to each of us within those structural systems. Nor do I mean to suggest that our power comes anywhere close to God's power. I mean, who among us who had the choice to keep all power and, uh, and then, um, or share it, keep it or share it with an unpredictable and fallible populace would do so. Would you do that? I don't think I am strong enough to do that, but God did. Because God's relationship with us is fueled by the power of God's own faith and trust in us, in humanity. What I do want us to be in touch with is what James was asking us to reckon with in the choices we make to be, as he puts it, not just hearers of the word who deceive themselves, but doers also. Though some scholars and theologians have criticized James' writing for focusing too much on the responsibility of a Christian to act as opposed to the necessity of a Christian to believe, James's real talk about what it means to have the gift of free will is a needed treatise in a time when the magnitude of the world's challenges, our challenges, may have gotten us out of touch with the choices we do have to impact those realities. Hear these further words from James from today's scripture. My siblings, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Take care of widows and orphans in their distress and do not be torn down by the world. The people who lived through the Dust Bowl, those who stayed, whether through an unwillingness to give up on that particular part of the land or through a calculation that leaving was not an option, still had choices. They chose to describe themselves as tomorrow people meaning that no, no matter how bad today was, they could persevere. They could take the next step into the future. They had choices about how they interacted with each other, how they maintained honest relationship with God, which surely included more of the lament of the psalmist crying, how long, Lord, how long? and how they described their own reality. One of the more colorful characters of the time was the editor of the newspaper in Dollar, Texas, a man named John McCarty. He recognized that he had a choice in the headlines he printed. He could focus on the disaster, or he could focus on something to give people a sense of awe and hope. And so he printed headlines that wondered at the power of nature and the courage and resilience of the people. We have a choice, too, to shift the headlines around us. Last year, a woman shared in an online forum her own experience 
of meeting an 87-year-old man who talked of living through polio, diphtheria, Vietnam protests, and yet was still enchanted with life. She said, he seemed surprised when I said that 2020 must be especially challenging for him. No, he said slowly, looking me straight in the eyes. I learned a long time ago to not see the world through the printed headlines. I see the world through the people that surround me. I see the world through the realization that we love big. Therefore, I just choose to write my own headlines. Then he gave her some of his examples. Husband loves wife today. Family drops everything to come to grandma's bedside. And then he patted the woman's hand and, and he looked at her and he said, old man makes new friend. She said, his words collided with my worries, freeing them from the tether I had been holding tight. And my worries floated away. I was left with a renewed spirit. My headline now reads, woman overwhelmed by the spirit of kindness and the reminder that our capacity to love is never ending. As we head back into another academic year and another church year, this one largely in person, there are many unknowns. There are certainly examples around us of the ways in which persons are using the gift of free will in ways that does harm. But we also have the option to choose differently. What we do know is that we have free will to keep trying to be doers of the word and not merely hearers of the word. For Wesleyans, free will must always be understood alongside grace. Grace surrounds us, precedes us, and is constantly exerting influence on us to bring into fruition with God, God's vision of the world. It's our job to keep staying open to that grace and help others to be open to it too. And so as you go out from this place today, I want to encourage and challenge you to change your headlines. You can start this at coffee hour. Last night, my wife Elizabeth and I went out to dinner and practiced changing our headlines. We realized that we're two kind of grumpy old ladies. <laughs> really, to change your headlines is harder than you might think. What news are you sharing? Is it good news? The people of the Dust Bowl called themselves tomorrow people. They believed that next year was going to be better than this year. Now, some headlines might read that as naive optimism but I prefer a different headline. In proclaiming themselves as tomorrow people, maybe they were really saying, we believe that the world is a good place. We believe in a God who wills our wholeness, our health, and our well-being. We are trying to make choices that support that call of God. We are tomorrow people. In spite of death-dealing blows, we 
believe in life, in whatever form life presents itself. Isn't that the meaning of resurrection? Aren't we also called to be tomorrow people? To keep moving into the future that God calls us into? The good gifts of a benevolent God invite us to co-create a new heaven and a new earth. May it be so. And that, my friends, is good news. Amen. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord hath made. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord hath made. You've been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus, give me Yeah.